When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Ever so often, a great coming-of-age movie, a movie centered on the experiences of teen girls, hits the zeitgeist. Movies that really define and illustrate the pain and glory of adolescence, be it like a Juno or a Ladybird. Swedish director Mika Gustafsson's new film, Paradise is Burning, really captures just that, that special moment of teen yearning, that space between childhood and adulthood. Her film centers around three sisters, ages 7 to 16. They're played beautifully by newcomers Bianca Del Bravo, Safira Mossberg, and Dilvin Assad. The girls are living alone, dodging social services as their mother tends to disappear for longer periods of time. And the film is really resonating. This summer, Gustafsson won the prestigious Best Director Award in the Horizonte section of the Venice Film Festival. And last week... She received the Sutherland Award at the London Film Festival that recognizes the most original and imaginative directorial debut. I recently sat down with Mika at her writer space that she shares with her collaborator, Alexander Erstrand. I asked her what the reactions had been to her movie at the Venice Film Festival. Ah, it was actually some girls like running, running down to the stage Mm -hmm. and grabbed Bianca and Dilvin and Safira. And we're like, ah, thank you so much for this film. Thank you so much for your characters. And that was so nice. Like, I was like, you know, sneaking, sneaking away a little bit, you know, so you can view it. (laughs) And I was like, this is, this is beautiful. Do you know what it was they connected with? I don't know. I think it is. I I hope, I really hope that I managed what I really wanted to do, that they are human beings, like more complex characters. Um, But... I, I wasn't expecting this um, feministic reactions. And also both me and the girls get a lot of, you know, messengers on, on Instagram and so on. Also on young girls. We need this. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice. And I, I'm, I'm really glad. Teen movies, the good ones are the ones that really show the pain and also the exuberance of what girls and teens are going through. And you've really captured that in your movie. What is it you wanted to really explore with your teens, what they're going through in this movie? For me, it was really, really, really important that um, they were <laughs> human beings. It sounds so simple, but it was it was really important that uh, these three sisters wasn't... You know, I, I wanted them to be... It could have been a story about three boys. And I really wanted them to be like... Um, going outside, you know, the, the limits of how you usually portray girls. And, and that's the same thing a little bit about age. I wanted this film to be about uh, 
three characters who's, who's uh, uh, 7, 12 and, and 16. But I wanted it to have the, the you know, the, this existential uh, life or inner, like a great inner life. And that was really, really important. And and that it could be seen both from, from a young and an ad- adult audience. It, that felt really, really important. And um, and I was thinking like, you know, if you're an old man, maybe you could identify with Mira, who's 12. I really think if we go like in, into the, the inner core, I think we all, even if we're six years old or, or 60 or now or 50 years ago, we're still thinking about like, what is it to be a human being? And uh, what what am I doing here? And why am I here? Uh, and and it's also very it's very simple uh, answer, but I think it's the same. Uh, but it could be shown in different way, and of course it's it's different in different cultures and different countries. Um, so I wanted to to find something very specific but very uh, universal at the same time. One of these things that your girls have, not only the sisters, but the entire group of of teens in this is like a real camaraderie and and a real and and things specific to women. They do things regarding their period and they have little ceremonies that they figured out and there's dancing and they, you know, they one teen is is pregnant and they talk about what that means. It's very specific to a group of girls. Is this something that you've based on? A group of, of real characters of course it's always when you do something you're always like even if it's totally totally fiction which is it's um you always borrow like emotions or or memories in some kind of way and of course this film is also like a what do you say no, you don't say honorary no uh, honoring to the girls that you grew up with uh and who made you who you are and uh, I think that's something very, very special about the childhood overall, like that these people are the ones that you're very, very close while you're finding yourself. And it's something really, really special with that. But it's also, I think the ceremonies was something that I was talking about these three ages mm-hmm. very early when we start to write. The sisters' three ages. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it was something about, you know, being a child... And becoming a preteen, you know, it's something you you leaving something, you go over to something new, and and going over from from that to, to to child to teenager, and from a teenager to adult. It's something about this. You ch- you change skin mm-hmm. somehow. You shed. You go. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. It's something painful, but at the same time, very much larger than life. It's also something very beautiful with the community of women, and in this case, very young women who are sort of teaching the next one and the next one and the next one. Something yeah. I felt like I didn't have. So I'm almost jealous that having yeah. an older sister who would tell me that yeah. my period or whatever it was yeah. wasn't, was something to celebrate yeah. and not just to be scared of, which was quite beautiful that these girls who basically live alone and have difficult situation mm. with the... The, their mother being gone actually mm. can help each other and it's nice yeah yeah because I, I really remember that uh, something that you learned from someone else and then you you can tell someone else pay and it forward yeah yeah because i've seen a lot of films you know from boy to men mm-hmm. it's almost a cliche uh, and i've seen it a lot and i said i've seen beautiful movies like that also that i really really like but i was also like ah i haven't seen these girls and and been taken seriously so I was really looking, I uh, was really longing for that. 
of course you you work when we work with a script you you, you work with dramaturgy and you're like ah someone have to change mm-hmm. something has to change and I was like ah oh, I don't want I don't want them to be better persons <laughs> uh, art could not save them <laughs> and they will not be better persons it's not about that and it was really hard because that's the easiest uh, <laughs> things to to use and it felt really important in the end that it was some it was about something else. I'm going to get back to the sisters, but do you have cinematic influences, be it teen movies or not? I mix my influences, like a lot. Uh, it could be, you know, yeah, as I said before, I like to, to mix this poetic and, and punk. You know, uh, sometimes like, ah, uh, Fish Tank by Andrea Arnold, smashed together with... Um, um, Xavier Dolan, you know, it could be playful Mm -hmm. and existential at the same time. And another thing that's so, at at least in this genre that we're talking about, is the best ones have the best music. I Mm. mean, for me, Psychedelic Furs in a John Hughes movie or Mm. A Needle Drop in a Via Coppola Mm. movie, just most of the time it can be a memory that you maybe have from that era. I mean, you go from Gasolina, Daddy Mm. Yankee, to Morricone. How did you think about your needle drops and music in it. We collected uh, we, uh, a lot of stuff and, and uh, we, ha- we had a playlist. Um, and we have this, <laughs> this game together, me and Alex. We played different songs. Uh, that could be, you know, a song that you really like or a shame mm-hmm. song. <laughs> <laughs> that you're like, I, I really like this, but it, it's a little shameful. And then we the played. cringe song. Yeah. <laughs> and then we could be, yeah, we can be really, really serious. You know, you show a song that really matters for you. And you, maybe you cry a little bit. You know, it really matters. And we can be really, you know, dramatic. Uh, so we played different songs to each other and um, talk about different emotions that was important for the films. We're really inspired about the, the, the French new wave. You know, let it be playful. What happens if we do that? Can we Can we just like, I was like, ah, I love if we would just uh, cut very hard in the beginning. And then like, I was like, that would be fun. I don't know why. Playful and sometimes it's very serious. Yeah, and I was really, I was fighting a lot uh, for keeping the music. Let's talk about these incredible sisters. First of all, the three girls that are playing them are non-professional actors, I understand. How did you find them? Oh, it took a long time. <laughs> I think the whole casting process in total took 10 months. Uh, Bianca, we found her during the, the writing process, actually. Uh, Alex just found her outside uh, the store and he was out it was a Sunday and he was out uh, buying breakfast or something and he he heard this deep voice and this girl she was sitting on something and she was talking in the phone and she was like Alia, come over here yeah you should come blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he called me and he's like okay it's a girl here she has exactly the energy that you're talking about it's something she's she's odd she's something else she has this energy that you talk about when, when you talk about Laura I really think she should come and I was like, no way, I, I, I don't have time, like, take her number. And he was like, ah, uh, nah. That seems weird. <laughs> that seems <Hello>. weird. <laughs> you want a modeling job? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, no, you, you should come down, you, you should come here. Because he's also an actor. 
and he was playing in this 70 movies. So he also had this super weird mustache oh from the 70s. <laughs> poor Bianca. And he was, no, I think it's actually poor Alex, okay. I think. <laughs> I think he felt really, really stupid. And so he took her number. And uh, yeah, he got it wrong, of course, because <laughs> he was nervous. And I was like, oh, he, he came home. I was like, ah, let's call her directly. And I was like, this 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 number doesn't work. And I was like, fuck. And then she was, you know, stuck in my mind a little bit. And then like a year later, we were out uh, having, you know, a walk a talk, like a break from writing. And then I heard like a deep voice. And I was like, who's that? That's interesting. And I was like, ah, that's her. It's her. Wow, it's meant to be. Yeah, really. Um, and totally for the for all of the three sisters, I think we casted like over a thousand girls. Elin made a Elinström, who was the casting director. She made a huge job, <laughs> and also finding a group. You know, it's it's a team. Yeah, a, they have to work together, and they feel yeah. like sisters. How they fight, how they play, how yeah. they interact, especially with the little one. Yeah, yeah. And and then when when we decided for the three of them, we had four months. Um, with uh, workshops, and I understand that you to have trust with these girls, you would you like cut your hair in the same style as mm. the little one, so she would yeah. feel that there was nothing <laughs> that she couldn't do that you wouldn't do, which seems like a very amazing trust exercise to do with someone like who doesn't yeah. know what this is. Yeah, yeah, I had a really weird haircut. <laughs> See that you sent me a picture. Yeah, yeah, totally. We <laughs> have Although she's super cute, so I'm she, sure it was. No, but this was the, this was the the dumb thing because she looked really super cute when she cut it, and I was like, "This is gonna be good." <laughs> <laughs> and then I did, and she laughed. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. Of course, so to show your actors, like, I do anything for you. Um, and you really do. And and I also think, like, I mean, young people who act for the first time, they also, young people overall, they are also so curious. So it's a really, it's a really important job that you do. It's also, like, I really realized, like, I have a big impact of doing something good, but I could also do harm if I don't. So it felt really important. Um, you're learning something for life. It's interesting. I've seen a few movies now. I don't know if you saw Scrapper. Um, it's a, was it Sundance? It's about a little girl. It's a British movie about a little girl who's also hiding from social services. Mm -hmm. um, and she reunites with her father who suddenly comes back while she's sort of trying to make her way. And then a couple of years ago there was Capernaum. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that, which was about a 12-year-old living in the slums of Beirut. So there's something mm. about the, the state of the world today. And in terms of Sweden and bringing this movie out to the world, can you talk a little bit about that, what you meet when you screen this in, in Italy and what people are thinking of the situation in Sweden? I think the film is quite much its own world. I haven't got the questions so much about Sweden or the situation in Sweden, but it's more, I think, what is fun when when you bring a, a film out out of Sweden and internationally, I think it's very fun because people are very interested in in art overall and in film, uh, and it feels like I got a lot of different questions, more like ah this reference, or I can see it was someone asked like ah when uh, it is a scene in the film that is really similar to a Bovideberg scene, mm -hmm. and he was like ah. It's a marsh. It's a homage, right? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you saw that. And I think it's a big, like, um, 
interest in, in ah, these paintings looks like this Botero, what is the connections? And uh, I think that was a really fun. And also, and sometimes I actually feel, but I feel that with all of my films, sometimes it's easier internationally <laughs> than, in, than in Sweden. I don't know why, but... I've heard a lot of people talk about Pippi Longstocking. Yeah, in yeah. In reference to your movie, yeah. that the girls are on their own. Yeah. And, and But that's quite cute, I think. Uh, it's like a, a dark or a, a more... A Pippi Longstocking that's also for, for a wider audience, maybe. This situation about these three sisters, like... Yeah, they'd rather be alone without their parents than separated. Uh and I think that it's like a longing for, also for freedom. Um, or to, it's better to be free than locked up. Or <laughs> I wanted to film at the same time, like, of course, this is a situation that's not good for them. So maybe it's better for them to get help. I didn't want it to be black or white. But you were talking about Swedish films, and it saddens me. I was just reading a number that only. 10% of, of the total of a year's ticket sales from Swedes are for Swedish movies. Swedish movies aren't a big thing even for Swedish viewers. Mm. It seems a bit in disarray. I'm thinking, and there's a lot of things in the news about Swedish films, and it's such a joy that you won Venice. And what kind of changes would you like to see in the industry, if any, for Sweden? First of all, I mean, first of all, the cinemas need to, to put them up. Mm -hmm. So you can see them. First of all, we have a problem that the only, like art house overall, is just set up in, in uh, I think, four Swedish cities. It's like Malmö, Lund, Gothenburg, Stockholm and Uppsala. The cinemas also have to believe <laughs> that the Swedish audience wants to see. And it's not just about Swedish film. This is also about uh, artistic film from international from outside we need to be interested in film at least i mean trust the audience that they want to see it and i also think sweden have a you, you need to trust that people want to be surprised and i think s sweden is like really really bad at that like trusting the audience always break rules and stories that are outside of maybe what people are used to seeing about Sweden, which give a new insight into what Sweden is today. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all about politics, actually. Um, totally. And I think uh, the Swedish film industry could be whatever. It, to it Totally, it could be whatever we want it to be. Uh, and I really see it like that, because I also, you know, I see who gets, who gets money and who doesn't. And uh, it's really about... It's it's all about the money, mm -hmm. of course, and uh, of course you stop making film in Swedish if you can't. People who living in the, the Swedish uh, language because the other way uh, to get money into your project is making film in English. So it's, it's really you get what you <laughs> what you ask for. Also, uh, yeah. What is your next project? Ah, <laughs> I don't want to turn around secret. because behind me I have all your post-it notes and I know that that's the beginning of a movie, I suppose. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, it is. I'm, um, I'm actually, people are like, okay, so you just came home from Venedig like two weeks ago. 
why aren't you still in Italy having vacation? <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it was they, they, they called after we got the, the award. And they were like, do you want to extend the travel two days? And I was like, no, I need to go home and work. <laughs> um, no, but I, ha- I have uh, actually a lot of energy and, and to write again. And, and I also like being an, an, a director who goes in to this very closed room, writing room, that is really small. Uh, and then you, you're the director where you have to lead a, a team of 50 people or even more. Um, or work really close to people all the time. Or um, So this loneliness and this really crowdness, I, I like going back and forth. And n- now I'm really looking for just being in my room <laughs> alone. <laughs> uh, Wait, this one hasn't even premiered yet. You have to get out there. You're going to be doing yeah, so yeah, many yeah. We are. We are going. <laughs> we are going to Hamburg uh, next weekend and then London and then Chicago and then... Uh, a lot of other, like the whole year is going to be traveling. But uh, in between, we're writing again. And I think like this, um, yeah, what can I say about, I think this this world, this kind of world of its own, mm-hmm. the young young people, that is coming back, mm-hmm. I think, uh, and some, in some kind of way. It's something, it's something more that I want to explore in that world. But it's, it's to- totally different also. Thank you so much. And thank you for giving me your time. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much to Mika Gustafsson. Paradise is Burning premieres in Sweden on October 27th and is traveling the world, as you heard Mika said. So make sure to catch it. And thank you so much for listening. Pop Culture Confidential is a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. See you next time. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.